It's me, John Park, and we're in John Park's workshop. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am excited about today's show because we're getting into some more advanced, semi-advanced game techniques, also a little bit of uh, video game history and graphics history to look forward to. Uh, so thanks again for stopping by. If you're interested in chatting with me or the good people watching this show, come on over to Discord. That's where the conversation is happening, and I'm also keeping an eye on the YouTube chat. Uh, but if you're in Facebook, if you're in Twitch, uh, if you're over on LinkedIn, there may be conversations happening there, but I'm not going to see them. So head on over to Discord, to the Adafruit Discord channel. That's right. Uh, all right, well, let's get started with this. Help wanted. Did you know that we have a free jobs board? It's true, we do. And uh, one reason I wanted to mention it today is look at the first job up there on the top of the jobs.adafruit.com page, and it is a job at Adafruit. Adafruit is looking to hire a full-time web developer. Uh, you can go to jobs.adafruit.com and check out that link. It is a uh, on-site job, full-time, so not a remote position. So you'd want to be in New York City or near enough to commute and uh, go check it out because that's happening right now. And jobs.adafruit.com is a free site where you can post jobs and you can also post your resume if you're looking for work, uh, contract work, freelance work, full-time work, all sorts of work. So please go check out jobs.adafruit.com. And the next thing I want to mention is this little gem, and this is our coupon code for the day. For the day. So uh, today, if you want to go to the store at adafruit.com and pick up some cool stuff and save a little bit of money, uh, enter this on the way out. Happy Clouds. Happy Dash Clouds is going to get you 10% off. And uh, I'm not doing a Bob Ross thing exactly today, but I figured... Uh, since we're dealing with palettes, palettes, artists, painters, happy clouds, free association. You can see where I'm going with this, right? Uh, <laughs> Mr. Certainly claims I'm the Bob Ross of the electronics world. I don't think I am. Hey, FX Music, welcome. It's you joining us and Yannick, Mr. Certainly. These are all good people over in our Discord chat. C. Grover, hello. And uh, there's Samuel Gonzalez and Blue Jay Animations showing up over in the YouTube chat. Hello. Uh, so yeah, 10% off. You can get it right here at Happy Clouds, Adafruit.com, Happy Clouds. Put that in on the way out. Uh, speaking of things, I've got a thing. I've got a product of the week. Actually, I've got things, plural. I've got kind of two things that I think go together well. And that is this. We have the Circuit Playground Express, which you probably know and possibly love. Uh, it's our awesome little development board that has lots of sensors and uh, inputs and outputs, lights, things like that. You can program it in MakeCode, you can program it in Arduino, and you can program it in CircuitPython. Uh, and we have this new version that's, uh, you can see right there, it's got the, there it is, uh, the 4H sponsorship. So we've, we've gone into partnership with 4H. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but we've got a thing going with 4H. And uh, we're going to help supply some curriculum and boards. Uh, for 4H, and then we've got our mono audio jack breakout cable. So I actually have a couple of these to show. There's actually two kinds of them. This one here is a 3.5 millimeter, also sometimes called eighth inch, but it's a 3.5 millimeter 
tip ring, so that's mono sound, normally if you're using it for sound, uh, to alligator clips. And we have the companion to that, which is the plug. Uh, if I can get into the packaging, sorry. Uh, we have the plug version of it there. And so you can plug these into uh, anything that has that jack and you want to break out to something else in the real world. Or the way I'm using it right here is, check it out. I've got my 4H uh, Circuit Playground Express and I've got the little jack connected to the uh, analog zero, which is the DAC, the um, digital to analog uh, circuit and ground. And then I'm running that to a little guitar amp back here. So this is going to be loud, but I'm going to play. I've just got like kind of the default sketch on here, which plays a little tone. And I'll show you. This is it with and without my guitar amp running. Okay, and now. Okay, that's kind of deafening, but you might want to run some uh, effects pedals or other things through it. Uh, and this is a really handy, nifty way to get connected into the world of uh, amplifiers and speakers and other things like that. So I'm going to find these super, super handy, I think, uh, all over the place to be able to break out stuff uh, on synthesizers and audio boards and development boards and Circle Program Express uh, so that I can connect things. Uh, if, for example, you had a plug, a jack, and you're looking for a plug, you want to come right out of here. There you go. Uh, this is also very useful in the assistive technology world, I believe. Uh, we've got our... Uh, our friend AT Makers in the chat, uh, I think over here in, in Discord. Uh, and uh, a lot of assistive technology switches use that same um, plug, the TR, the tip ring plug for making switches work. So ability to prototype things and connect them, super helpful. Uh, so go check it out. That's the product of the week is this mono audio jack or mono audio plug breakout to alligator clips as well as this really cool Circuit Playground Express 4H edition. All right, that brings us to this. All right, sorry, I let that run a little long. Uh, I wanted to take you into the world of the make code minute, which I know is never a minute. Sorry. Uh, so what I want to talk about in Make Code Arcade is how to ask the player a question and then do something when they answer. So what you can see, I'm going to zoom this up, in Make Code Arcade, I've got a simple little sketch here and you can see it running. Uh, I have, well, let me do a little demo. I've got a question for the user. It says, is it daytime? Press A for yes. B for no. So I'm going to come down here and I'm going to press A for yes. And so now I display a scene where I've got a little uh, tree floating in the sky uh, in a daytime lighting. Got some clouds going by and it says good morning. Now let's uh, reset this sketch and now if I answer with the B, I'm going to get this sort of uh, cosmic purple tree and it says good night and it's got the uh, star field in the background. Uh, so the way you do this sort of thing, and this is really useful for um, asking the player a basic question at the beginning of a game, or maybe you want to make an uh, adventure game, like a role-playing game, 
you can use this ask block. So if I go to game in the categories and I scroll down to the prompts, here's one called ask. And so uh, you'll see it's configured sort of like a conditional. So I can throw that into an if block right here. And I'm saying ask, and then you get to enter in a little bit of text. So you could say, is it daytime? You can also hit the plus sign and add extra text, which is my instruction here. Uh, it's optional. And then when the player hits A, the answer is yes or true. If they hit B, the answer is false or no. And so I can run different things. So here I'm setting the background color, choosing the tree that looks uh, like a daylight tree. And then I have a little uh, sprite saying uh, uh, good morning. Otherwise, if they pressed B, we get this uh, black background color. I set the tree to purple and say good night. So that's a really simple way to ask questions and do something with a simple yes or no response inside of make code. Uh, so we had a question in the chat over on YouTube. Is it keyboard command compatible from Blue Jay Animations? And I'm not sure if you're asking that question about the last thing I showed or that thing, but if you're asking about that thing, um, keyboard commands on MakeCode Arcade, I don't think we have USB keyboard support running on, on MakeCode Arcade for um, hardware. You can type things in with the gamepad, so some, some uh, forms of questions you can ask. Let me bring this back up. You can, uh, how about this one? There we go. You can go to game, ask for string with text. Um, and so this one, I'll say, say your name, please. Uh, and let's just make that, have a controller event do that. Can I do that? How am I going to use that? Can I do that? I don't think I can do that. Let's see. It can. Okay. So here the answer, I don't actually know how to use this in the way I've set it up, but this is what the, the keyboard prompt looks like. So now you can have the user um, use this little keyboard to go through and, and select an answer. Um, so you can use that to set up a, a string that you might pull back up later to call the player by their name, for example. Um, I'll do a real make code minute on that sometimes. It's an interesting one. I haven't played, it, played with it much, so I'll, I'll screw it up if I keep going. Uh, all right. So. Um, the first thing, oh, Blue Jay, you're asking, was that can you do keyboard command input on the on the Circuit Playground Express? Uh, yes, you can use um, you can use MIDI in. I don't think you can use USB MIDI in because we can't host it. Um, so you could use a keyboard as a MIDI input uh, as a analog MIDI input. If that's the question. Uh, all right. So now let's talk about this little thing, which is our Make Code Arcade Game of the Week. So for the Game of the Week, uh, I'll show you the blog post first, or the forum post. Where'd it go? Is that it? That is. Okay, so let's pull that off of there. So my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week is T-Rex Run by Audrey314. Uh, and this is a remake he did of a, uh, uh, a browser game inside of Chrome uh, when you're offline. 
And uh, it's a little endless runner involving a T-Rex. And he has another one that uh, I think is called Raptor Run, which uh, he's been making some advancements to. But I thought this one was so adorable because of this T-Rex. Uh, so I wanted to show it to you. So here, uh, let's play through the game a little bit first. And I've noticed it plays great on the handhelds. Actually, I'll go to overhead while that loads. Uh, let's see. How about right there? So this is T-Rex Jump, he's got it called here. Uh, and press any button to jump. So you can see, kind of like Cannabalt or any of the other endless runners, you have a little character, you got one button, and it's just a timing-based game. Uh, and I think it's adorable. And you can see the little legs on that. No, oh, there I go, I've crashed into a cactus because I looked away. Uh, so let's look at something I thought that was pretty cool about how he has this set up. Um, so my browser here, I'm going to force refresh it because it didn't want to load. Okay, there we go. Um, so in the game, you'll notice, and let me, let me play it again in here in the browser. I'll play it big. You'll notice the ground going by real fast. And it's this endless ground, so I'm sure it repeats. Uh, you'll, you'll probably notice like one bump, two bump, one bump, two bump. And then the cacti are randomly generated. So this is similar to the way I've done things before in um, the Pi Hunter game, this Pi Hunter clone. And here, we'll stop there. But I thought the way he dealt with the ground was really cool. So if we look at, I'm going to zoom in here. I'll minimize this. If we look at the ground setup, he has two sprites called ground one and ground two. So there's ground one. It's 162 pixels wide. So it's a little wider than the full screen and 32 pixels high. And then here's ground two. And those are slightly different patterns. So the ground two has the two bumps and the ground one has the one bump and the little divot there. Uh, and what he's doing is he's setting the position uh, of the first ground to essentially the center of the screen. And then the second ground is placed to the right of it. And they're both moving to the left. And then what you'll see is in these two forever loops, if the first ground x is less than negative 1, uh, let's see, it's less than negative 1 times the screen width divided by 2. So it's basically gotten halfway off the screen. It will then flip to the right of ground 2. And ground two does the same thing. So it's essentially uh, like two set pieces on a theater stage and someone's moving one while someone's dragging the other one behind it. And so you have this kind of endless procession, uh, sort of conveyor belt style of the two grounds. And I thought uh, when I was looking at how he did this, one, one helpful way to visualize it was simply to color code them. So let's make the first one uh, have a little red stripe at the top. Actually, we'll do the whole the whole thing red. And let's do the other one blue. Oh, let me grab my paint bucket. And now we'll replay the game. I also really love the monochrome uh, look that he created for it, which I'm going to spoil. So there you can see every time, whoops, I've crashed already. <laughs> every time uh, we run out of the first one, here comes the second one, right behind it. So I thought that was a really nice, elegant way 
to create this endless scrolling uh, background. And then the clouds add to that. Those are particles that, that fly by at a sort of different rate, so they seem like they're at, the, uh, at a distance. But really nicely done. So uh, go to the forum.makecode.com, and if you look in the arcade forum, you'll see T-Rex run and also Raptor run by Audrey314. Great job. That's why it's my pick of the week. Very cool. Very fun game. And I think on the new version, he's making the acceleration increase as the game goes. It gets harder. Uh, and I believe the top speed is about to get bumped too. I was talking to someone on the Microsoft MakeCode team, and physics has gotten an overhaul. So I believe the top speed is going to be about four times faster than it currently is. So that'll make for fast games being crazy fast. Uh, so that's my pick of the week. Go check it out. T-Rex Run. All right, so let's see. We got a question in the Discord. Let me pull up the Discord for a, a second here and see if I know the, know the answer to this. FX Music said, I got Trellis M4 to get USB MIDI in, so why not on the Circuit Playground Express? You may be right. Circuit Playground Express do USB MIDI in? No, we can't host a USB MIDI device, can we? I don't think we can. So much MIDI. All right, if someone knows in the chat, remind me, can we plug a USB MIDI device into? Yeah, I guess we can host it on the, no, we can be a device. I don't know, I've lost it. Totally lost it on that one. Nope, people are saying nope. Yeah, I think for hosting a, a, a USB keyboard onto the device, um, I feel like we don't have any devices doing that as of yet. I've done that on the Teensy 3.6. Um, that's one of the only microcontrollers I've, I've gotten to be a USB host for a MIDI device, class compliant MIDI device. Um, Oh, in Arduino, FX Music is saying. Hmm, excellent. All right, this is news to me. Uh, very cool. Okay, so what does this bring us to? Let's bring let's bring up um, our project build of the week. So what I want to talk about is a slightly more advanced topic inside of uh, video game making in general, and. For this, let me bring up a little image of some friends of ours here. Uh, let me hide that away. So this is Mario from Super Mario, and that's Luigi. And you'll notice they're the same guy with different colors, with a, with a palette swap. Uh, so the topic we're going to talk about today is color palettes in video games. And um, as a little bit of a background, in many video games, there uh, historically has been a limited amount of memory to go around. And so one way to uh, make things fit in memory and be efficient is to have a limited number of colors that can be displayed for a number of different reasons. And sometimes it's what the hardware could, could output, uh, what the, the space constraints were for what's loaded into uh, memory for the graphics. And so an indexed um, graphic image will have, uh, like we've seen with, with everything we've done in Make Code, a set of colors that you can use. And so that'll vary. Some games could have four colors, some 16, uh, some 256, some 64,000. These days, I'm pretty much unlimited. Uh, 
And the games that we're working with inside of Make Code Arcade, the constraint is we have 16 colors. And really, it's 15 colors because we uh, reserve the first index for transparency so that things can appear on top of other things um, with, a, with a border uh, punched out. So in, uh, yeah, in the case of these guys, you can see here's in Super Mario World at the top there. Again, Mario and Luigi, they're, they're a color swap of, of the same guy. Then you can see a much more uh, modern version with these 3D characters, and they're totally different designs, so that changed over time. Um, and when you are talking about designing a game, I'm going to show you, here's an example. This is uh, lowspec.com, which is a pixel art site. They have a pixel art editor on there, and they host a bunch of palettes. And so when you start saying, well, my game is going to have 16 colors that it can deal with either at all, or you might be able to change out your, your um, palette as you move to different levels of the game, it becomes really important to your overall design which colors you're going to use. So you can see here some beautiful examples of, uh, here's, here's this NDSGA uh, SGA 16. I, I don't know how to say that word. Um, but this is a really beautiful daytime palette, somewhat, somewhat similar to what we have in the default Make Code Arcade, uh, except it's really oriented towards um, a outdoor scene with, with the wood colors we have for the different browns and then some bright colors and sky colors. Uh, versus here's this rustic sort of Game Boy style. I think it's a four color. Yeah, it's a four color sort of monochromatic palette. Um, Bubblegum, this game here has a really bright sort of jewel tones and uh, more monochrome stuff that I think looks really cool, this Game Boy style. So really great resource to look at and think about what's my color palette going to be. Now the question becomes, how do I deal with different color palettes inside of Make Code Arcade? So, um, oh, and before I go any further, this is a really cool advanced technique uh, of color swapping. And this website is... Effect, effectgames.com demos canvas cycle. And there are a lot of examples in this of uh, an artist whose name I'm forgetting right now, so someone please remind me, uh, who's created uh, these beautiful 256 color palette, they have a, a larger color palette, uh, animations where the animation is created not through lots of frames of animation, which can become uh, very expensive to store, but instead through swapping the palette around. So there's uh, code that's changing which color appears in an index. So let's say color 50 is white at first, and then two frames later that's swapped out for a light green, and then a darker green, and then a black, and then uh, back to white. That's going to give us this moving, rolling um, wave, which is super impressive, very cool. Um, also mentioned, so Shovel Knight is an amazing, amazing looking game. Let me, let me open this up actually. Uh, Mr. Certainly just put it into the chat. Oh, Mark J. Ferrari. Thank you, Mr. Certainly. Mark J. Ferrari is the artist who did that one. Um, let me show you, here's an example of palette swapping just to show an effect, for example, damage on the boss you're fighting here. Uh, so let's paste that into here. So here you can see when Shovel Knight is hitting this uh, griffin, the colors are changing out probably through using a, a palette swap technique. And so that means the colors are loaded up into a palette and then they are um, shifted around inside of that existing palette, which can be pretty, pretty effective and efficient, uh, both visually and memory-wise. Um, okay, so 
I showed that. All right, so now let's talk about the palettes that we have in MakeCode Arcade. Arcade. So here is a uh, example screen from the splash screen I did for Trash Panda, and then I've put one of the default house uh, sprites that comes with MakeCode Arcade here. So you can see this, and this is the game as uh, as I released it, those were the colors. So I've got these really nice Adafruit style teal and purple colors here, which look great. Um, you will notice, however, my Trash Panda uh, Lin there is kind of a mauve-ish color, um, which is fun and great, and it was a nice color to work with, but it's actually not what I would have reached for at first if I had any color in the world to choose from. I actually was using the existing palette. And here, if I click on any image in a game, you'll see, oops, zoom in here a little bit, there we go. Uh, there on the left side of the sprite editor, these are the 16 colors that we have to deal with by default anytime you launch MakeCode Arcade. So we've got transparent, uh, and you'll see a little tool pop up there that says zero. So that's index zero is, is the transparent, and index 15, which is the 16th um, slot we have, is black. And then we get all these colors in, in between. And these are really great uh, set of colors. Every game you've probably seen, uh, with a few exceptions so far, Make Card Arcade has been done with these colors. So they, they work out great. Um, however, if we want to do something different, we can change out the palette. So here's an example I made where I reimagined uh, Trash Panda as more of a um, matrix style, as, as uh, Lady Ada and PT mentioned yesterday, more of a matrix style game uh, seen through that green lens. And so it's a monochromatic, uh, essentially just different um, brightness levels on, on a green. And you see my palette is all these different greens. So this is great if you want something to have kind of a monochromatic Game Boy feel and you want to do a lot of shading. Uh, it's difficult to do uh, shading of different highlights and, and shadow points and contact shadows uh, using the uh, default palette because you just don't have a lot of uh, leeway before you start introducing strange colors that aren't just uh, darker versions of the existing colors. No way to just darken a, a pixel. And so a palette like this is great for doing uh, a monochromatic look that has a lot of shading possibilities. Now you'll notice it's not limited to my uh, splash screen there. Every graphic in the game, unless you do dynamic palette swapping, is going to only have that set of colors to work from. So if I look at the default gallery, you'll see my hamburger, my pizza, my donut, uh, the duck, the trees, the little RPG characters, everything has been re-indexed, or, or the index has stayed the same, but the color's been swapped out from underneath um, so that you uh, are applying the same index number to a, to a spot, but it is now a different color there. Now, it looks really cool on the ghost. Um, so I'll show you one more example. This is, let's see, which one is this? Oh, I've left a bunch of stuff in there. That's weird. Uh, so this is a totally different palette that I created. So here I've got, this is actually the Adafruit logo color here, this blue. Let's go to a bigger brush. Um, and I wanted to use that on a sort of official splash. So we have the Adafruit blue. Uh, I've got a dark red. I've got some purples and pinks. I really wanted a gray. So now I can do this cool gray 
here, which is nice for contrasty things without going all the way to black. Whoops. Um, got a nice orange in there in case we want to do some Halloween-y stuff. And so uh, you can see now that the possibilities are, are great for doing different styles of stuff. Uh, last thing I was going to show as an example, let's see what's this going to pop up as, is, okay, so here is Lynn, the trash panda. Now I've got Lynn with a different uh, color palette. This is much more uh, taupes and browns. I've got, you can see here, a bunch of different kinds of gray and brown in here. So this is perfect for doing Lynn, and then I've got some colors here maybe for the environment. So let me show you how I, how I worked this out. Um, I'm going to switch over to... Another screen is this, yeah, there's a, a sprite. So this is the pixel um, art software I've used and pixel animation software I've used for some things in Make Code Arcade. Uh, and you'll remember a couple episodes ago and, and as a learn guide I showed how to bring in external graphics. So this is the place where I make a lot of them or Photoshop. Uh, and what you'll see here is I've gone in and I originally set my color mode to be RGB color, and that allows me to pick any color I want. Uh, then, once I had painted Lynn with the exact colors I wanted, I was able to uh, save that palette, and I've saved it here as a hex file, lynn.hex, and I'll show you that in a second. And what that is is a list of the 16 colors that I've used uh, as hexadecimal format, which is what we're going to bring in. Um, you can see this is, by the way, the original Lin, and that's working with the Make Code Arcade palette I have over here versus this new version. Uh, so once I export that out, let's uh, switch over to Adam here. This is a slightly modified version. I added some formatting, but what we get is this list of 16 values. Uh, the first one is going to list as black and Make Code Arcade is going to automatically consider the first one to be transparent, so it actually doesn't matter what's there. Then I have uh, black here, and then these are all my colors, the hex values for the colors that I had uh, over in a sprite. So now, how do you how do you use this for something? So I'm going to go back over to um, the Make Code Arcade, and what we'll do is head to how about. Let me pick one that's not in that color mode. Okay, what have I done? Let me try to zoom out of this one. It's gone a little weird. There we go. That's a little better. Uh, so let's start with our default one. Okay, so here's our default color palette. And what I'll do is I'm going to head over to the JavaScript mode. And when you're in JavaScript mode, you can open this explorer on the left that shows you all of the different pieces of code that are being used, libraries and, uh, and files that are being used to create what you've created. In fact, I've got added extensions here. I can get rid of them. Get rid of the animation extension. I don't need that there. I'm not using it anymore. Uh, and in the uh, list here, we have pxt.json. And this is the settings file. Um, when I click this, it says, uh, you can save it or you can edit the settings as text. So I'm going to edit the settings as text. And I'm going to zoom this up. And what you'll see is we have uh, the file name, uh, some dependencies if there are any, the files that are being read, uh, if there are any extensions, the target version of Make Code Arcade, as well as the preferred editor. So this is saying the, the um, JavaScript editor is being preferred. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that text that I had exported as a palette out of a sprite, and I'm going to add 
that right there. So now you can see there's my palette. And I'll refresh just by clicking on a different file here. And now if we play that or go to blocks, you're going to see, holy cow, the colors have gone nutso. And that's because I didn't really respect the positions of the index. I could have done that. I didn't. Uh, I picked colors I wanted, but they're all in different index slots. So uh, what we can do now, however, is head to the palette. And you'll see it's now changed over to the same one that I had in A Sprite. Uh, and I can go in and start uh, repainting something let's, like this. Uh, let's make the background the dark gray. We'll put some brown ears on there. Uh, how about this cool green? We didn't have that before. Um, so for this large graphic, I would actually use a sprite uh, to generate it and get my index colors right, just because it's uh, painful to create this in the 160, 120 dimension in this little slot here. Um, but you can see now, if I want to um, go and create a new sprite. Let's, let's just grab an existing graphic from the gallery, and then we can recolor it. Uh, how about one of these trees? So now I can say, oh, I've got some really nice wood colors I can work with. And again, the fill here, you have to, you, you can't uh, fill things that are non-contiguous. So it takes a little doing. Um, but now I've got all these brown colors I can work with, so I can start to do some shading. So let's let's say I want to go in and shade this tree darker. Now I've got a lot of, uh, and we'll make it a little lighter over here. Now I've got a lot of shades to work with that weren't in the original. Uh, let's make this dark up here. Oh, I'm in line mode. Okay, so we'll call that done. I want you to sit here watching me do this forever. Um, but that, the benefit of having your custom palette is pretty great. So you'll see some games, if, you, if you're trying to make a copy of uh, a Pac-Man style game, there's some very distinctive colors you're going to want in there that you might not have in the default palette. You'll notice here, I don't have a yellow at all. I can't do anything with yellow here. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll remind you, looking at this this palette list on low spec is a really great resource for saying, okay, I've, I've got a game in mind that looks like X. Um, up at the top here, you can dial in the colors you want. Let's, let's go to an, a really restrictive uh, maximum of eight colors. You can see some really cool Game Boy style games done with these simple monochromatic styles or not. Uh, here's some uh, beautiful color palettes made with um, sort of dusty pastel-y colors. So, uh, that is sort of the basics of, of color palettes and uh, how and why you'd use them uh, and how to, how to go ahead and shoehorn them into uh, your Make Code Arcade session. This is, I believe, going to get easier. So right now you can see I'm having to hack, uh, hack my way around the uh, settings file a little bit to get it in there. I believe there's, there, there may be some plans or some noises about uh, having this work as a, um, a user interface element. So you can click on uh, a, a palette generation of some kind and then pick colors maybe from a color wheel. So don't quote me on that because uh, I don't know for sure if and when that's coming. But um, 
it could get easier. In the meantime, it's not too hard and it'll uh, allow you to really dig into the details of how it works inside of MakeCode Arcade and wherever you want to generate your, your palette. And you can also, uh, by the way, go to the low spec. You can export palettes and, and save them as a hex file, which you can then use as well. So you don't even need uh, a sprite to start from. So uh, that is my sort of basics of, uh, of the palettes inside of MakeCode Arcade. Um, and let's see, whoops, wrong screen there. Let's see, oh yeah, someone's posted a Sprite and uh, I'm, not, I'm not paid by a Sprite to promote it or anything. I just think it's, uh, it's really good. And I think there was a sale. Uh, oh yeah, so currently a sale on Steam. There was a sale on Humble Bundle. I think it's, yeah, $11.24, so pretty reasonable. Um, low spec has a pixel editor, is a, a pixel. There's a few free ones you can check out online as well. Uh, so, before I go, I will mention again that you can get 10% off at the Adafruit store if you go and type in happy under, or happy dash clouds, happy clouds, uh, on your way out. So, uh, go pick up some cool stuff. And uh, I believe that is it. So, thank you all for coming by. I'll hang out over on the Discord for a little bit, and I will see you next time for Adafruit Industries. I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop.